You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about camping, but first let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I have been trying a new skincare routine following Sherry from Young House Love, who has a very affordable, very basic skincare routine. I think I had mentioned before that I was trying some like new soaps and Mm -hmm. did not stick with those. Didn't really find them to be that effective and they were expensive. So when my little tester started running out, I was like, I need to find something else. So then I was looking at Sherry on Instagram. She was talking about her skincare routine. She has a whole link, which we will share in our show notes. And so I'm trying it. It is apple cider vinegar diluted on a cotton ball that you do kind of like a toner. Okay. You let that dry. Then you spray a different toner that also is sort of a moisturizer that's by Thayer's. It's a Thayer's witch hazel and cucumber toner. And that really is enough moisture for me, especially in the humidity in Alabama. But you can also do coconut oil which I have as well. If I feel particularly dry, I use that. And then she has these rollers, so a jade roller and then a little micro roller that has tiny needles that you poke yourself with. I've only done that once. It was fine. (laughs) Sarah's like, no, I don't want to do it. (laughs) You can't see her face, guys, but she's making that like grimace emoji and shaking her head. (laughs) No needle roller for me. Thank you. And then there's also a clay mask that you can mix with water or with apple cider vinegar. And I have done that once as well. I'm into it so far. I've been trying the various parts for about a month. Mm -hmm. I don't know that my skin looks any better, but I love trying it. There you go. Skincare is one of those things that I hear about, but seems like money and time and effort that I am not willing to invest. Mm -hmm. See our style and beauty episode for (laughs) more instances of that. (laughs) Totally. But it does sound very satisfying to me, imagining getting to the end of the skincare routine and just feeling Mm -hmm. refreshed. I think what works best for me about this routine is that it's fairly cheap stuff. So apple cider vinegar Mm -hmm. and coconut oil we already had. So I could start those parts of it without any big investment. Mm -hmm. And then there is, like you say, some satisfaction, but there's also like a self-care piece of I'm taking care of my skin. This is something I'm doing for myself. It feels good to my body kind of piece of it, too. What's new with you, Sarah? I have been playing the piano again. I joined Allie Edwards' One Little Word class for this year because I really wanted to focus on my word of joy. And there's monthly prompts every month of the year for thinking about your word and different actions you can take around your word. And the month of March was about practice and that you choose something to practice for the whole month. And thinking about what I could do, do I want to try and walk a certain amount every day or doing yoga or some other more physical element? And then I thought, well, what's really going to bring me joy? And I thought adding in something creative and something fun and connecting to a different part of myself. So the whole month of March, I played the piano every day. Some days it was just for five or 10 minutes. And then some days it was much longer. And it really has brought me a lot of joy. It's been fun to see improvement. It's been fun to just have more music and create more music. Neil's been learning to play with a book that 
we got somewhere about teach yourself to play as an adult. So he's been going through that. I love that. It's been great to have more music in our lives, and I am planning to continue that even well past the month of March. Great. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Abby, what's your latest read? I recently finished listening to The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek by Kim Michelle Richardson. This is a historical fiction novel about 19-year-old Cussie Mary Carter, who is one of Roosevelt's Kentucky Pack Horse Library Project's traveling librarians. So I didn't know about this, but apparently in Appalachia sometime in the last century, there were traveling librarians who brought books to people who couldn't otherwise access them. And how it's portrayed in the book is that she's not just a librarian. She's also this community support person in terms of knowing her patrons and bringing them things that they'll like and teaching reading and being an advocate for literacy. And that part of it I really liked. The other thing about Cussie Mary is that she has an inherited condition where her skin looks blue because of how the molecules in the blood carry oxygen around the body. Hmm. And apparently this is based on a real family in Kentucky at that time, that there really were people who had this disorder whose skin looked blue. So she faces a lot of discrimination because her skin is blue. And as a young woman, there's all this drama around Who's going to marry her? Who's going to stoop to marry her? And that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. which was really compelling. I also loved some of the good relationships in there. So Cussie Mary and her dad have a really sweet and pretty complex interactions. And then I loved how she cares for her patrons and they care for her. And then there's another pack horse librarian who's a really good friend to her. So those were the parts that I really liked. And the audiobook narrator was also really good. I did not love how terribly Cussie Mary was treated. It was just hard to read about, but it was still definitely worth the read, and I would recommend it. What have you been reading, Sarah? I listened to Three Women by Lisa Tadeo. This is a nonfiction book that follows three women. Maggie, who is a student in North Dakota, allegedly in a relationship with her married English teacher. Lena, who is a homemaker from Indiana, who is in a loveless marriage and engages in an affair, and Sloane, who is a wealthy restaurant manager from the Northeast who has sex with other men while her husband watches or recording herself for them to watch later. As I said, it's nonfiction, but it reads like fiction. It has that voyeur aspect of looking behind the curtain into parts of other women's lives that are usually kept private. I found it fascinating for that reason, but it was presented as a book that was making a larger statement about women and women's desires, and I'm not sure that that point was made. Mm. I think I struggle with that, especially because Maggie was in an abusive relationship, and I'm not sure having that be one of three stories about women's desire felt like the appropriate place for it to be included, Mm. even though her story was incredibly important. It made it hard for me to see that bigger point. Hmm. I'd also note that all three women were white, which when you're trying to encompass a variety of experiences is a very glaring omission. In her review, Roxanne Gay commented that it should be called Three White Women, and she's not wrong. (laughs) I would still recommend it. I 
really enjoyed the experience and it was so interesting to read about other women's lives in such a raw and honest way. But I would say temper your expectations in terms of having an epiphany about what it means to be a woman in our society. (laughs) Fair enough. Let's move into our topic for today, which is camping. Let's start by sharing our histories with camping. What was that like for you growing up? We camped some with my family of origin on our own and with a father-daughter YMCA program. We also camped a fair bit with my mom's family as kids. My grandparents had a camper, and because I was the first grandchild, I got to go with them by myself a few times, which Mm -hmm. these are some of my earliest memories, the little flashes of remembering these campouts that I have, and I think it was really wonderful. As a young adult, I worked at a summer camp, and we did campouts with the kids at least once a session. I think there were six sessions, so Mm -hmm. that was plenty of sort of camping out. I've also done some camping and backpacking starting in college. My very first trip in college was with you and Andrew and some dudes that also went to Hendrix. (laughs) I was not into it, but it has grown Mm -hmm. on me Mm -hmm. since then. Yes. (laughs) I have many specific memories from that trip, many of them good, but many of them noting your unhappiness <laughs> with our adventure. Long story short, <laughs> what happened was we went backpacking, which was my first time ever backpacking, and we didn't backpack mm-hmm. far. It was just sort of like a little out and back. So we went out, we made a campsite, but that night it poured rain and the tent that I was staying mm-hmm. in filled up with water. Mm-hmm. And so at like 5.30 a.m. or whenever it got light out, I started yelling, I want to leave. I'm ready to go. (laughs) And when I think back on my like sweet 18-year-old self, I see a lot of parallels between my current two and five-year-olds and my behavior then. (laughs) And I'm just really proud of myself for how far I've come. (laughs) Now you love camping. (laughs) No, I do. Yeah. Sarah, tell me about your experience with camping. We camped growing up, but not a ton. I have memories of going to the Mark Twain State Park in Missouri with my dad. I think my mom came too sometimes, but it's much more strongly connected for me with my dad. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we were older that my sister and I each got to bring a friend. And so they got to come with us. And that was really fun. But it wasn't a yearly thing. I think we did this a handful of times. I didn't camp a ton as a young adult, except that fateful trip we took together. (laughs) And then after grad school, Neil and I loaded up our bikes and worked on a couple farms and camped the whole time we were there and camped as we were traveling to and from. So that was my most extensive camping experience. I think we were out and about in Oregon for six weeks total, somewhere around there. Plenty of camping time, got very competent at putting up camp and taking it back down again. (laughs) What is your family's current camping situation? We have just started camping as a family. I think I mentioned on a Life Lately in the pod a few episodes ago that I was doing a deep dive on camping equipment in preparation Mm -hmm. for our first trip. We have now taken that first trip. It was awesome. I think I said that it finally feels now like our kids are old enough to really enjoy it. And they did. And we did. We have a lot of plans beyond that initial trip to go this year to other spots around the southeast. Mm -hmm. 
in that first trip, we went for a couple nights just to a close-by state park and met our friends who have a camper, and it was so great. One of our trips is planned for three nights. We did two nights this first time. We're doing three nights the next time. So we will see how that goes. I love that you are jumping right into it. We have always been doing one or two nights so far, but Mm -hmm. this summer we are also hoping to go to three-night or four-night territory. I think it will be a success at this point in our family's journey. We now go camping several times a year and have been ramping up the frequency as our kids get older and their interest has increased so much for doing this. It is one of the main things that our kids ask to do is go camping. And they don't just enjoy it in theory. They really are living their very best lives (laughs) while we are there. So it feels like there's this big payoff and that it really is creating these great family memories. I remember an early trip with our kids where HP was four and E was not yet two and how much harder that was than what it is now. And so at that point, we were really only going about once a year. And we were usually bike camping because Neil's parents had not yet moved to town where we can easily borrow their Jeep. And that's a whole nother level of complication added into it and lack of amenities when you're trying to fit everything onto your bike. Yeah, totally. Car camping, now that we've been doing that, just feels so luxurious because you can throw so much stuff (laughs) in the back of a vehicle and have it for your convenience as opposed to bringing the bare minimum. Yeah. So that's been a nice upgrade in recent years and I think is one of the reasons why we're going so much more often now. Nice. Just yesterday, I was looking up new places that we haven't been to, exploring new state parks and getting really excited about doing that with the kids this summer and that that feeling... Safer to be in campsites, Mm -hmm. still outdoors, we'll be vaccinated. It's very affordable, and we just get so much enjoyment out of it. Yeah. So all around, camping is a very positive part of our family life. Nice. In terms of the length, as I said, we've only done two nights up to this point, which has felt like that real sweet spot where you get to enjoy the experience. You don't feel like you're spending the whole time just setting up camp and then taking it down right away, that you get to enjoy your campsite. But when sleep is compromised, not feeling like you're getting so grumpy, like when you start (laughs) to feel grumpy from the lack of sleep, you're going home. But we are going to try this year to expand it and probably trying to upgrade sleep situations as well to maybe take that factor out of it. Nice. One of our favorite things this last year has been that a friend of ours has a property just outside of town that we can easily bike to. We've been able to camp there, which Mm. with COVID has been so nice to not even worry about sharing bathrooms with other people or wondering how crowded a campsite is going to be and how close together things are. We can just be outside. There's a bathroom in the barn that we can use, and it has just felt so nice. And you feel more in nature in that situation Mm -hmm. as opposed to many of the state campgrounds. It's Campsite after campsite after campsite, lots of RVs that come, which you just don't feel like you're quite in the wilderness at that point. (laughs) Accurate. What do you love most about camping? I love two things. The first is what you already said, which is that it just feels like so much bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. And in COVID times, just really safe. So much safer than going to a hotel It feels like because it's all Mm -hmm. outside, you have your own stuff. The second thing that I love is how the kids don't seem to get bored in the same ways or with the same frequency as they do at home. Mm -hmm. My kids are pretty good independent players. 
and we have set up our home and our lives so that they are encouraged to do that a lot. But the new setting to do that with nature, with sticks to find, with rocks to dig, with birds to watch, just seems Mm -hmm. to really help them cultivate that spirit of independent play. And I love it. Yes, I love that too. I love getting away from normal life in a way that feels really affordable and fulfilling. Being out in nature, I feel like I'm able to reconnect to this part of myself that I don't do as often as I would like. Being in nature is just so rejuvenating. But mostly, I love how much my kids love it. They just are so happy and it really feels like giving them the childhood that they want and need and seeing their joy brings me a lot of joy. So good. On the flip side, what do you like least about camping? I do not love the public shower slash bathroom situation. Your friend's bathroom Mm -hmm. in the barn sounds like really the perfect solution. Mm-hmm. then you're not using like a bucket toilet or right having to interact with all these other people that you're not sure about with COVID and how clean it is. I will say that we saw the bathroom at the state park that we stayed at in Alabama get cleaned multiple times a day. So mm-hmm. that was very comforting, but it's still just not quite the same. And because of that, I tend to not shower as much or in this last trip, I just didn't shower at all, but then I was really dirty and smelly by the end, and I didn't love it. I was curious about that. I haven't taken a shower at a campground shower in a long time. Uh-huh. I remember enjoying doing that when I was a kid, <laughs> finding the novelty to be really fun. Right. Now, when we're only going for two nights, I definitely just wait. But in the summer, when you do like the bug spray and the sunscreen mm-hmm. and the multiple layers, and then if you're going for three nights, a shower really is needed. Yeah. The thing I like least is not getting great sleep. We are still just using Thermarest, one of which has a leak somewhere. Pretty sure we do not actually have enough sleeping mats. So Neil usually uses a crazy creek that's really thin and just undoes the buckles and lays down on it. (laughs) This is one of those instances where our underbuyer tendency is very clear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We've always had this attitude of, it's just for a couple nights. We can do anything for a couple nights. But if we're looking at doing it longer, and now that we're going so much more often, it does feel like it would be worth the investment. So I am looking forward to hearing your recommendations, because I know you have done so much research and made some purchases (laughs) in this area, and we need to. Yes. (laughs) As listeners may know, gear research is one of my love languages, but I will save it for a little (laughs) later in the pod. Yes, because I also need to tap into your talent related to our tent, because as I have shared before, our tents are no longer waterproof, Mm. which we have found out because it has rained multiple times (laughs) when we have been camping (laughs) and they have flooded. Both times we've lucked out where it's been on the second night, so you're damp while you're sleeping, but then you just pack it all up and go home. (laughs) We really need to figure out that situation for more fun future camping trips. What are your family camping goals for this summer and beyond? I think thinking long term, I would love to go every other month or even every month. And I really love the meeting friends piece. Mm -hmm. I really love my immediate family, but the kids and I are all extroverts. 
And so if we just go, then Andrew gets no time at all to read his book because someone is always talking to him. And then I'm talking either to Andrew, who wants to just read his book and have some introvert time, or to the children, who I talk to a lot every day already. So it was really lovely to meet our friends with their camper. The other trip we already have planned is to meet some friends sort of at a midway point between Northern Virginia and Alabama. Mm -hmm. I am hopeful that we can get more things on the calendar where we get to see people and spend time with beloveds while also getting our kids out in nature. I would also love to tweak our setup and gear. As I already mentioned, I really love finding the perfect thing. Having it work perfectly is very satisfying to me and having everything streamlined. So this is an area of my life that is now open to all of that gear possibility. (laughs) So I'm really (laughs) excited about that. And then also would love to find places that are cooler than Alabama for the summer. Looking at North Georgia, Western North Carolina, some places with some elevation where we will not be completely miserable in our tent. Mm -hmm. What are your family camping goals? For this summer, we're hoping to go camping at least once a month, trying for at least one three-night camping trip somewhere new, and trying out a couple places that we have never been to before. Very excited about the many possibilities within easy driving distance for us. Awesome. I would also love to try doing more hikes while we're together as a family. I think that our kids are getting old enough where there is more enjoyment and less whining when it comes to hiking and hoping to try and build up some stamina for family hiking enjoyment while we are out and about this summer. And then beyond, my real goal is to figure out the gear stuff of what's going to make this really fun for us. I was thinking as I was doing some research, not into gear because I hate doing that, but looking up different campsites, which is also (laughs) not my favorite. Really just don't love the research. (laughs) Just like doing the thing. But the reason I started looking up campsites is because I was originally looking up Airbnbs and thinking, where could we take a family vacation this summer? And it's very expensive to rent a place for a week. And it just made me think, are we going to enjoy that more or would we enjoy camping more? And what if we took that money and invested it in making the camping experience better for us? Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. that will pay out for many trips to come. So I'm trying to help myself overcome my underbuyer tendencies by framing it in that way. (laughs) You can do it. Which leads us right into camping gear recommendations and or tips and tricks you have for camping as a family. Abby, lead us off. So when I asked for tips on the pod a few episodes ago, Kelsey from the Girl Next Door pod sent me her packing list, which is on her blog, Rising Shining, Mm -hmm. which we will link to, which was really helpful. Mm -hmm. And then listener Deanna recommended making a kitchen chuck box, which is basically an organized spot to put all the camping kitchen stuff Mm -hmm. that makes it easy to pack, use, and store. We are not up to that level of camping gear and kitchen stuff yet, just because I'm not really that interested in doing really elaborate cooking. We've done, you know, basic sandwiches and stuff. Our friends with the camper cooked us fajitas with their camper griddle, which was so good. But we are not fussy food people. And so we're happy to do easy stuff. So I'm not up to that like kitchen checkbox level, but I did make basically a camping gear box to keep Mm -hmm. all the stuff in, to put 
the flashlights that are specifically for that to put the silverware that's the extra flatware that we take with us that can just stay in there to put the small camping stove that we have from our backpacking days biodegradable soap and stuff like that it's all in sort of a Mm -hmm. smallish tote which was great was really helpful in terms of specific gear As you all know, I did a lot of research, and the things that we bought that I am very pleased with are our tent, which is huge and great. It was also very affordable because it's the Ozark Trail brand from Walmart. This is a 10-person dark rest cabin tent, and it is huge. It's 14 by 10. It also is instant setup, meaning you basically open it, and the poles are all attached to the tent already, and you just pop them up. Hmm. We got to our campsite at maybe 5.30. It was already starting to get dark because it wasn't yet daylight savings time. We had gotten McDonald's on the way. So as the kids ate their McDonald's, we popped the tent up and set up their beds. Mm -hmm. And then it was basically ready for them to play a little bit and then go right to sleep. The dark rest thing is cool, too, because it's supposed to keep it cooler inside because It's kind of like blackout curtains on the fabric of the tent. Mm -hmm. But then there's also places you can unzip for ventilation and stuff like that. My guess is that this tent would not do well in big storms, in cold or in wind, because it doesn't have a full fly and the sides are really tall. Mm. But I think it'll be perfect for us because mostly we're planning on warmer weather camping And because it's so luxurious to have so much space. I mean, they say 10 people can fit in there, and that's sort of like head to toe, head to toe, head to toe. Right. That you could fit 10 people. I think reasonably you could fit two queen-size air mattresses and then also a small cot if you wanted to take up all of the room. But wow, what that meant was that we put one kid on one side in a travel bed, one kid on another side in a little cot, Mm -hmm. and then Andrew and I on our thermorests in the middle. Okay. And it was fantastic. We have room for the kids to get bigger. We have room to bring friends. Eventually, if that's something that they want to do, we have room to put a grandparent or two in there also if we if we wanted to bring them <laughs> along. But I was very pleased with that. That's great. We're still rocking out a four-person tent, which doesn't really fit four people comfortably, especially now right. that our children are getting older. But when I brought this up to Neil, he was saying, do we really need a bigger tent or are we about to move into where we're going to have two tents every time we go Mm. camping, one for the kids and one for us? And I thought, "Hmm, I'm not sure. So still thinking through that. But yours sounds quite luxurious. When I told my mom the size of it, she said, oh, that's a really similar size to my bedroom, which is 11 by 13. And I was like, yes, basically that's right. (laughs) Ah, yes, that does put it into perspective. (laughs) The other purchase that I went ahead and made is a giant cooler that is one of these very intense coolers that lasts for a long time. We did not have a cooler other than like a small lunchbox size cooler with soft sides. Mm -hmm. So in order to keep things cool, like sandwich meat for over the weekend, we need something big. And I went ahead and got the big one. I also ordered on a friend's recommendation something called Tecna Ice, which is Hmm. a sort of ice pack thing that is a powder, but you rehydrate it in its little plastic sleeve and then you freeze it. And then it's still kind of flexible, but you can let it thaw and then refreeze it and just reuse it for however long. And our stuff stayed very cool, including milk for 
the whole time that we were gone, which was maybe just slightly shorter than 48 hours, but I have lots of faith in this setup that it would stay cooler for even longer because those technite sheets were still frozen at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So I think if we packed it even fuller and included a few more of those, we would have a very nice refrigeration situation. Nice. And then a new purchase, which we just made thanks to birthday money and our REI coupons, Mm -hmm. were our new sleeping mats. These are very thick foam and air hybrids that are each, I think, nearly twin size. I think when you put them together... They make a queen, so they're almost as big as a twin. So Andrew and I each got one. Like you, we were still using the Thermarest, and it was really not comfortable. Mm -hmm. I also do not think I can handle a mummy bag anymore. Hmm. I need to move my legs around. I do not want to be constricted in that way. And so I think I'm just going to take regular sheets next time. So when you say it's a foam and air hybrid, is it foam on the top? And bottom, what does that look like? It's foam throughout, okay, but it squishes down and then it self-inflates like a thermarest. So you know how the thermarest has a little foam and a little air? Yes. It's just like a mega thermarest that's like much taller. So it doesn't feel like an air mattress. No. And it's much warmer. Okay. Because of the foam. Got it. I'm intrigued. I mean, me too. I will report back because we haven't used them yet. Hopefully they are as amazing as I am dreaming. I have less equipment to recommend and more just some tips of things that have worked well for us when we're camping. Bring it on. Having enough stuff to not have to share with your kids. For example, flashlights and other light sources. I think Mm -hmm. early on we would have one or two and then the kids would want to be using them constantly because it's really Mm -hmm. fun to have flashlights Mm -hmm. and then the adults would not have what we needed. So flashlights and light sources for all. We have especially loved a lantern that we have that's solar powered. Mm. So you never have to worry about batteries and it inflates. You blow it up so it is a cylinder, but it just has the little solar powered charger on it. We just leave it out on the picnic table and then it is ready to go. It is very bright and has served us well for many years. Awesome. So recommend that. Say one of the best things for entertainment for the kids was having a hatchet to help split wood and a knife to carve obviously under supervision. And these are things that we worked our kids up to using (laughs) as opposed to just giving them to them as toddlers. You're saying I shouldn't give my two-year-old a hatchet. Noted. I mean, Neil claims that he used a hatchet when he was a toddler to help (laughs) hammer on wood. I'm still skeptical of the age, but our kids love it and love being able to help in that way too Mm -hmm. in getting the fire ready. So it's a great activity. We also always have a chapter book that we bring to read aloud. I feel like this happens most often in the afternoons. We try and go out on an adventure in the morning. We come back and eat. Everyone needs some downtime. One of us will read to the kids for a while. And that has always just felt like a nice way to reset when there is so much activity happening when you're camping. We also brought a critter cage when we went last summer for several different trips. Neil ended up making one for HP, but they're obviously very easy to find. And catching fireflies in the summer is so fun for kids to do. Mm -hmm. I do wish we didn't live on the western edge of a time zone because it is light so late here in the summer. Mm. And one thing I've also learned is not to worry about bedtimes when we're camping. Mm. A mistake I made early on was trying to stick to our same routine and schedule because we had such a great bedtime routine when the kids were toddler age and preschool age, 
And I have a very specific memory of Neil and I trying to quietly read on the Crazy Creek chairs. HP was in the tent. E had already fallen asleep and he just kept peeking up through the window and he would like go down (laughs) and then he'd put on my hat and peek up over the edge again and then go back down. And it was very hilarious <laughs> and just made me realize how futile it was to try and have our children go to sleep at a regular time when we're camping and it is light for so, so long. <laughs> so now we just all go to bed together once it gets dark and don't worry about it. On my wish list of future gear, besides better sleeping and a waterproof tent, which seems very basic, are getting better sleeping bags. I don't mind the mummy sleeping bag. I don't need to move around very much when I'm sleeping, so that is not an issue for me. But we have done a lot of cold weather camping, and it feels like we need that next level of insulation Mm. in our sleeping bags. And I actually think this is most true for our kids' sleeping bags rather than ours. I think ours are pretty good, but they will get cold. And I remember one trip where the night felt so long, (laughs) and I remember (laughs) just laying there just hoping the sun was coming up so we could get out of our tent and warm up. But HP woke up because he was really cold because his sleeping bag wasn't warm enough. So he came into Neil's sleeping bag, which made it really warm for HP. But then Neil couldn't really close the mummy bag all the way. So Neil was really cold. We've just had a number of situations where we are not as comfortable as one would hope in terms of temperature and softness of sleeping situation and dryness of sleeping situation. These are things I am hoping to get control of soon so that we can do more of that all-weather camping and really enjoy that. I will also say related to having a box, we do have a camping box in our back room where we keep the things like the stove and, Mm -hmm. and other random stuff. But this summer, my mom brought the camping box when they came to camp with us in the summer, which is a box that my grandfather built. It's a wooden, large box where the one of the sides folds down. So it's built so you can put it on the end of a picnic table mm. and have it there. And so it can lock, but then you can pull it down and it has little shelves and drawers. So you can keep your plates and your camping silverware and napkins and a towel and pot holders and various things that you would need, a clothesline and clothespins and have it all together. We have not optimized it for our use quite yet. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to take it out on a few more camping trips to figure out exactly what we want where and how we want to do that. Not great for bike camping, but for car camping, give it a thumbs up. And I am looking forward to making it work for us even better in the years to come. Nice. I think that wraps up our conversation about camping. Listeners, tell us all your camping stories. Tell us all the gear we should have. We cannot wait to hear from you. Let's end by sharing something we've been eating lately. I would like to share another Instant Pot cheesecake. (laughs) This is, I think, the fourth variety of cheesecake I have made. For my birthday, I decided I wanted to make a new cheesecake. My friend brought me a cheesecake for my birthday. I clearly just love cheesecake. (laughs) And I also made myself one. (laughs) There's plenty of cheesecake to go around. Normally, I make the chocolate cheesecake with the Oreo crust, and that has been my favorite variety, but something about this called to me. It was a hit overall with the family. I don't love having the Oreos in the cheesecake batter. So this one, you Mm. have the Oreo crust, you make the batter with pieces of the Oreos in it, 
And then you also save some to put on top, having whipped cream and the Oreos on top. Mm -hmm. That part was delicious because then the Oreos are so crunchy with the whipped cream. Then you have the creamy cheesecake part of it. All of that was great. I don't like when the Oreos are soggy. Mm. I think this is why I also don't like cookies and cream ice cream. Mm. That I don't want a soggy Oreo cookie situation. Fair. So it was very tasty. I would make an Oreo cake just like this with a plain middle. Oreos on top, Mm. Oreos on the bottom, all around. But we'll probably not add the Oreos inside. It was a great learning experience about my cheesecake preferences. You could also do the chocolate cheesecake with Oreo crust and then put the whipped cream and crumbled up Oreos on top. Mm, That does sound really good. Yes. We'll be trying soon. (laughs) What have you been eating? We have finally been enjoying some homegrown kale. I put it in a salad recently. Mm -hmm. It lasted all through the winter growing. And then when it started to warm up, It really took off and got big enough to harvest. So Andrew has been using it in his smoothies. I made a salad, which I just use sea salt, lemon juice, and olive oil. I massage the kale. Mm -hmm. It's very bright, very springy, very delicious. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly.